Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the You Can Do It Too podcast. My name is Mamadou Balde, and I'm your host. This podcast has two objectives. To provide a platform for minority professionals to share their inspiring stories and to inspire minority students to believe that their options are unlimited and that they can be whoever they desire to be. I hope this podcast ignites that fire inside of you and pushes you to strive to be the best you. On this podcast, I will be bringing minority guests from a variety of professions, engineering, medicine, entrepreneurship, law, business, etc., who will be sharing their journey to where they are today with you. I hope that these stories will inspire you to believe that whatever your goal or your dream is, you can do it too. Ladies and gentlemen, what is an amazing day to be alive. Again, thank you for tuning in to the You Can Do It Too podcast. For the people who do not know me, I'm originally from Guinea, a country in West Africa. And uh, currently, I am an engineer. I graduated from the University of Texas at Austin, studied chemical engineering. So this platform is for amazing, excellent beings to share their story with the goal of inspiring the younger generations to believe that no matter the circumstances, no matter the background, they can be whoever they want to be. They can do it too. All the part, all the all the guests that I'll be bringing here are people who decided that uh, the, the, the journey that society gave them is not enough, but they'll do everything they can to add value to society some way or other. That's the only criteria. And uh, this platform is about showcasing that. And my, my biggest goal, my biggest goal, my biggest hope is that there's someone out there listening uh, and because of these stories, they can realize that what they are doing, they can do much more. That they came to this world for much more. And they have the ability to strive for greatness, right? They have the ability to go and seek for more, right? They have the ability to chase exactly what their dream is, right? I feel like, I hope that these stories empower them to believe in themselves with the self-confidence and that with hard work, discipline, and perseverance, that no matter where they came from, they have what it takes to defy the odds, climb their own mountains, and be the best self they can be. I am so excited for this weekend. I will be having my first biking event. It's going to be a 20-mile race in downtown Houston. It's going to be my first one. I am so excited. Uh, I feel like this is the beginning, the beginning of my journey for me. I picked up biking uh, about, about two months ago. Just uh, I, I was looking for a new challenge. I've always played sports all my life. Uh, I played soccer growing up. And when I came to the U.S., I was introduced to football and track. So I've been playing all my life. And after high school, I started getting hurt a bit. And uh, I, I was trying to play as much as I can, but the injuries really was limiting me. And then I got busy, and there was no time to play soccer, because whenever I get to a soccer field, it's going to take hell 
or uh, rain or hell to to take me out of that field because I love it so much. So I was looking for a new challenge to take on, and biking was uh, what I took on, and I really love it. The re the thing that I love about biking is just the ability for one to 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 really think. Uh, you have the time to think. Yes, you are still exercising, but your brain is also still free, and you get to think about different things. Uh, the longer you're on that bike, uh, the more you have the ability to think uh, about different problems that's going on. And by the time you finish that ride, you have a solution. But more than that, it's definitely a lifestyle that I want to take on. I feel like health is a necessity. And uh, with the kind of things that you want to do, uh, the, with the kind of work that you have in this world, if you want to be as effective in it to maintain a healthy brain and a healthy physique and uh, no matter how busy you are if you do not take the time to exercise your brain and your body you won't be as effective as you want to be i realize that the more i work out the more i exercise my brain the better it is for me in terms of solving the solution that through coming up with the solutions of the problems that i have uh, day by day so definitely something that I'm excited about this weekend. I'll be riding through downtown Houston, uh, 20 mile race, and this is to be to prepare for something even bigger. And I'm not gonna talk about that now. Uh, it's definitely something that I will let you guys know a little bit later. I'm a co-founder of a Women's Relief Initiative. I said that uh, to in my earlier episode. Women's Relief Initiative is a non-profit organization working to provide. Uh, menstrual aids to women in underserved communities. Uh, uh, menstrual aids that empower women, sustain the environment, and uplift underserved communities around the world. Uh, we've, we've been at it for about two, uh, coming up three years now. And uh, we, with everything else that's going on in my life, I've stepped away a little bit, but the team is being led by amazing individuals, amazing leaders who's uh, really pushing our vision. And right now, they have some big things going on. Uh, they are they, they just partner with uh, Kendra Scott uh, in Austin. Uh, it, it, they have an amazing initiative going on. So feel free to definitely check it out through our uh, through the Instagram, which is at Women's Relief Initiative. So definitely check that out. I'm also the founder of Unity Hills, which is a nonprofit organization with the mission uh, to to with the mission to improve healthcare in the in the most underserved communities uh, around the world. Uh, growing up in Guinea, I saw firsthand how the lack of care and the lack of re reliable uh, system affected the healthcare of people in my community. So many people suffered uh, because of the lack of resources and the, and the bad healthcare system. So definitely uh, something that I... I wanna. I, I, I'm. I'm definitely willing to give my life to commit, to figure out a way to to help contribute to the solutions to the healthcare issues that's happening in Guinea. This issue is very dear to my life. Uh, this is something that I wanna do long term. So right now we still have our fundraiser uh, going on. Uh, we have. We are trying to shoot a documentary about the healthcare issues in Guinea. We'll will be in Guinea, uh, in in these places, in the hospitals, clinic, and really talking to people, and and the, the clips gonna be shared from Guinea. But to do that, 
funding is a big thing no matter what you want to do in this world definitely funding is is something that you need and that's the big challenge we have now, now right now so we have a big fundraiser going on with the goal of acquiring about twelve thousand dollars to help us with the documentary shooting we definitely been at it and we have some great donors are supporting us but we still have not reached our goal so please take some time to check out our uh, gofundme on the show note uh, also you can uh, check out my instagram at mamba inspire and uh, the link is in my profile to 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 both learn a little bit about the fundraiser but also donate donate or share the gofundme to help us raise that money man today our guest is uh somebody that you that i i brought in in the podcast earlier uh desiree crossword she's she's uh an amazing being a very upspirited uh enthusiastic leader that i had the chance to know a few years ago back when i was in college and uh, now she has grown uh, to be even a better human being and uh, is taking on some big challenges and trying to really build her own empire, uh, which is towards solutions. Uh, she, she graduated from North Carolina and uh, she came to Texas where she worked at the University of Texas at Austin a bit. And now uh, over, the, over the crazy 2020 year, she decided to to venture and undertake her building her own empire and uh, that's what what we talked about here in this episode so it's definitely an exciting journey and I'm so much rooting for her like with all her hard work all the things that she's doing I'm definitely rooting for her and I'm sure she'll succeed especially the fact that she's in Austin which is one of the most the vibrant city uh in the united states and in the world right now so tune in desiree thank you so much uh for the time and congratulations once again you are the first person coming back in the podcast Woo! glad to be back mama dude thank you so much for inviting me definitely so you are very special uh to the to the podcast and uh you your, your what you're going through and uh who you are really matter to this podcast so that's why you are here a second time people people liked you oh love to hear it Ho- hopefully they'll like me this second time around too i've changed quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> no you're amazing uh so last time we sat together was face to face if i knew what covid19 was like and since then it's been two years how do you feel about that <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, so so much has happened in two years. The biggest being COVID-19. Um, I have really thrived during this time. Um, I've appreciated the, the pause that the world has made. Um, it's allowed me to take a pause and reevaluate life and, and where I was headed in life. Um, it allowed me to make some career moves and changes, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, further along in the podcast. But um, yeah, these past two years have um, really been life changing in a in a good way, and I'm grateful for that because I know a lot of there's been a lot of pain 
um, and, and sickness during this time, but I've, I've been very blessed these past two years for sure. Yep, uh, COVID-19 has definitely been one of the, it's, it's, it has been a common enemy globally. It's, a, it's an enemy that every corner of the world have felt. Uh, it, it and as you said, one thing that it did definitely is make us pause a little bit and figure out what we really care about, right? Mm -hmm. Many of us had to look in the mirror and really figure out like, this is not something that I wanna do, right? Let me, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, it has definitely done that, right? And uh, I feel like uh, one of the crazy thing is, is just about COVID-19. I know in the beginning, when, we, when, when it came, many people, even before that, when 2020 hit, many people were saying that this is gonna be the best decade of my life. They didn't know COVID-19 was around the corner, right? And yeah. 19 came, people were like, man, this is bad. And of course it was the worst year that all of us experienced, especially us young people, we never seen something like this before. But I think before you have the best time of your life, you really have to kind of strengthen that foundation to enable you to overcome all these challenges that comes along the way to get to the best place of your life. And I feel like it was that hard carcass. It made our skin thicker uh, for people. I mean, it's definitely have been painful, but uh, for the people that thrive through it, I think they became better being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you talk about that period of time that happens before you level up. Uh, I was recently at a women's conference and they called that period the gap. And it's like the gap exists between where you currently are and where you're headed. And that space in between where you currently are and where you're headed, there's a lot of growth that happens during that time and growth can be painful. There's some pruning that happens during that time. There's some loss that happens during that time. Um, but in retrospect, it all makes you better and it all prepares you for, for what's next. So yeah, that, that, that gap period, um, which has been COVID for a lot of us has been beneficial in a lot of ways, depending on how you use that time and what you were doing during that gap time. Right. Definitely necessary. And uh, I, I know there has definitely been uh, pain and suffering around us. Uh, for you, how's your family doing? How's uh, everybody doing around around you in this? Yeah, um, thank you for asking that. Um, everybody is doing well. Um, I've definitely had some family members catch COVID. Um, I, there were a few family members on my husband's side. There were a few family members on my husband's side who were hospitalized, but um, great, thankfully, no deaths, no deaths because of COVID um, that that I know of. So just some hospitalizations, um, but the family is is doing well and economically and financially. Um, everybody was pretty much able to, to keep their jobs or to adjust in a way that allowed them to continue to um, live life. Um, so that's that's really good. What about your family? How, the, how are they during this time? <laughs> no, they've definitely been doing great also. Uh, as you said, there are some people, some relative definitely who have had COVID. My dad had COVID at one point, but uh, he, he to go through it and 
it passed. It's definitely things that get scary and you never know how uh, precious life is until you are uh, in the verge of it. Uh, so yeah, they, they are fine. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. What's been interesting for me is this whole vaccination thing. And like my family is on the spectrum from people who are like, yes, give me the vaccine right now. And others who are like, no, that's the devil's mark. So that's been interesting to navigate um, as somebody who say again within your family they have like yeah within my family yeah is there there are those who um had no getting the vaccination as soon as it came out and there are others who still haven't been vaccinated and have their trepidations about that so that's been interesting to navigate um as well having those conversations with different family members and and that's been the, the same thing for me like I understand it is a very personal choice um my thing is just be safe if you're not gonna get the vaccine then wear your mask and, and practice the the safety precautions that are in place um so I get it one thing that I that also happened during COVID-19 uh I guess whenever everybody is uh, is suffering uh there are specific group of people that are put to more suffering I mean by black people and during 19 uh definitely the fact that I feel like many people had time and we we people had had to stop and really watch we are forced to watch what was on TV like that and people through color came out in a way uh treating black people with uh racism and stuff like that the death of George Floyd at Ahmed Arbery uh, it really put black people in a very uncomfortable place, right? Where we we really had to face this, and we didn't have, we could not just go to work and forget. Like in this, these stories were coming in our work, coming outside whenever we go shopping and stuff like that. So we really had to face it, and with COVID nineteen, it led so much different in the black community. Uh, how did you deal with that during during that time and all? Ooh, yeah. Um, you, you, you're touching on the fact that the black community was facing a public health crisis as well as a mental health crisis. Um, and there was an assault on our community as well um, from from racism. And so we were just catching it on, on all sides. Hold on, give me one second. Um, it was it was tough for 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 us in a, in a lot of different ways. And you asked how did how did I deal with with um, those multiple issues that were happening at one time. And it was really important for me to to take time off and to take a break. And so at my job, uh, during the time, the job that I had, we had sick days. I was using my sick days as my mental health days. And I would be like, look, I I can't do today right now. So I'm taking some time off um, to to grieve is what I said in my, when I, um, when George Floyd happened, I was like, like I need time to grieve and to, and to um, be with my community and grieve with them with what's going on. So I will not be at work today. And um, for me, it was really important to to share that I was specifically taking a mental health day 
um, so that I could bring light to the fact that it is okay to take time off because you need a break mentally. And I also made made sure that in my out of office message, I love creating out of office messages because like I go into detail about what I'm doing while I'm off because I think it's really important um, to, to showcase that we are whole people. And sometimes we need to take time off because we need, we need a mental break. And so in my um, out of office message um, during the summer of 2021, I was like, after the murder of, of Joyce, where I can't really think about anything else and my community is grieving and I need to take the time off um, to grieve with my community. So I'll be out of the office until X to X date. Um, and so that's kind of how I dealt with with that time um, during COVID, too. There were some some days where I was just like. I need, I need to take some time off. I need a break. Um, and so just making sure that I gave myself the time that I needed to rest and to grieve and to um, take a break was really important in helping me get through a really trying time as we were undergoing so many changes. Um, working from home, I don't know about you, but like I live, I lived with somebody and we were in a one bedroom apartment and it, we went from working in our offices to like our bedroom becoming our office. And so it was just a lot to, to adjust to um, during that time. And so taking the time off to, to reflect and digest what was happening around me was really important. That's important. And I feel like in our community, uh, mental health, I mean, especially for me, the African community is like when you cry or something, it's like you're too big to cry or you should be stronger, you a man, stuff like that. So I found myself also very struggling, right? And especially uh, in our spaces, right? There were people who are not from our race who reach out and say, hey, are you okay? But inside you, there's some kind of anger. It's like, you don't wanna, <laughs> you don't wanna just say you're okay, but you don't wanna go into it. It's like, they haven't done anything to you, but the fact that they're not suffering with you, you feel some kind of, so I found myself struggling. It was even <laughs> it was hard to have conversations, uh, even though they they care, right? But it's like, why don't you feel what I'm feeling, right? <laughs> and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I also dealt with like, was it angry? I was mad. I was mad, Mama Dude. I was just like, it, it it just felt very unfair because I knew like I'm the only black person in my office at the time. I was the only black person working in my office, and I knew that I was experiencing the summer of 2021 differently than they were. And like you actually had people reach out to you. Like I didn't really have people reaching out to me, seeing if if, if I was okay. My office, the people in my office were just going about their day and working, and like like everything was not acknowledging what was happening in the world. And that pissed me off because it was very much so top of mind for me, but it didn't seem like that was the case for my um, my white counterparts. Wow, wow. And wow, that's, that's definitely frustrating. And the, the other thing is like, once you get out, during that time, that week after George Floyd, I feel like, uh, I don't know if it's just male or, or, or the whole black community, but feel like people look at you with pity. I, I sense that, mm. like, I, you see, you start seeing those fake smiles a little bit more. You start seeing people wanting to help a little bit more. They don't wanna say, oh, I feel bad about George Floyd, but it's like, oh, let me help you. I'm the good ones, right? And mm -hmm. one thing, uh, growing up in Guinea, they thought, I mean, I grew up with a sense of pride and stuff. So when 
it, they look at you with pity and so it's like kind of hurt a bit more i definitely struggle with that just see more people give you those fake smile i wanted to stay home because i didn't want to experience that as uh, somebody looking at me with with pity mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. but but it's crazy uh i, I mean there were definitely a lot of things that happened and uh the lot of people that work to improve uh kind of bring some solutions that could potentially improve people's life i definitely know that we have a long way to go you don't hear companies talk about doing this anymore i feel like they stopped uh there were so many companies who came out and, and were like I'll, i'll do this for black people i'll do this for black people but you don't hear that anymore it passed Hopefully we don't feel like George Floyd again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, another way you asked me, um, how did I deal during that time? And I told you that I took some time off. I also like got very loud with my advocacy. Um, so at UT, when I was working at UT Austin, they have a black employee resource group called Black Faculty Staff Association. And at the time I was co-president of that organization. And so we like kicked it into high gear as far as meeting um, with different leaders across the university and just making sure that we hold them accountable as it pertains to responding to the student demands and the faculty and staff demands that black people were making. Cause we was like, in the summer of 2020, was like hold up it was like this something got to change yeah. um and so there were a lot of demands that were made um by black faculty staff and students at UT and as part of black faculty staff association and their co-president um again like i i definitely take a I took a leadership role in making sure that we held the university accountable for for what it said during that time and followed up with them and say, okay, so where are we with these initiatives that you put out six months ago? Um, so that was another way that kind of like helped me to navigate that time. Um, it really gave me, my leadership role in that organization gave me a sense of agency. Um, wow. Like I had the power and the positional power, the positional power to really do something and hold our leadership accountable. Wow, was that connected with the thing, the work that the football team started doing? Uh, I think it was changing the stadium name. Was that connected to that? Um, yeah, so the student athletes, which were made up majority of um, the football team, they did put out a list of demands as well um, that were rolled up into a bunch of other student demands. So yeah, all of that was part of the response that students had um, during the summer of 2021. It did pan out, you feel like? Did you guys get somewhere or you feel like it has slowed down now? Um, so there are a whole bunch of things that people ask for. And so all of those demands haven't been met. I will give the university credit for responding fairly quickly to some of the easier things to do, like some of those more um, performative things like changing names and stuff um, and, and recognizing different different people like historical figures like those are easy things simple things um that you can do and so they were able to to get those initiatives off the ground fairly easy but some more of the systemic work and changes that we were asking for um some of those are underway and I don't see us see reaping the benefits of that work until much later um, down the road. But there are some deeper things and deeper changes that the university is making. They definitely made um, a financial commitment to a lot of different um, 
initiatives and investing more money in different programs. So there's some stuff that they're doing and they, um, I think our students, staff and faculty are doing a great job of keeping the administration's feet to the fire and following up with them and making sure um, that they do what they said that they was gonna do in, in 2021. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know we came in hot with COVID-19 <laughs> and everything, uh, but let's let's focus back on you uh, now. So are, are you still working with the university, by the way, or are you off now full-time with your company? Um, so I am no longer with UT Austin. I left UT Austin in August of 2021. So August this year, I left to start my own company, which is Two Word Solutions. Yes, we're definitely going to talk about that. And uh, let's go back a little bit to your to your childhood. I know we talked about that uh, during the last podcast, but I don't think I asked you uh, your your entrepreneurial uh, kind of spirit growing up. Uh, do, do you feel like you had any, like what was some of the things that you were doing uh, that was entrepreneurial? That is a really interesting question that you asked, Mama Do, and I'm glad that you asked it because I think that um, how I grew up and, and the environment that I grew up in definitely plays a big role in who I am today and the entrepreneurial spirit that I have. So thank you for asking that. Um, so both of my parents are entrepreneurs. They both have um, businesses. My grandparents are entrepreneurs. They have their own businesses. So like growing up, I grew up around Black people who owned businesses and was like making a living with their own hands. Uh, my grandfather, he owns a car shop. Um, he's a mechanic. Uh, my father, he owns a, a, um, a mobile car washing business. So he goes from home to home and businesses washing people's cars. And then my mother, she owns a hair accessory business. So she makes handmade jewelry and hair accessories. Um, my grandmother, she sews. So she, she, um, She'll do different projects for people, him in and things of that nature. So I grew up with people using their skill set to make money. Um, and they definitely instilled in me the desire to want to work for myself. And they kind of modeled what that looks like, which I'm extremely grateful for. And um, although I'm just now starting my business, like officially starting my business in August, I've always done freelancing. Um, it never was a, a entity, uh, a entity recognized by the government, but I, I've always freelanced. Post-college, I was, um, I had different clients. So, so yeah, just how I grew up and watching my, my family have their own businesses, that has definitely influenced um, me branching out on my own, finally full-time to invest in building my own empire. Man, it's nerve-wracking empire. That's definitely an empire. And one thing that I wanted to ask you, I, I know definitely, uh, you, you, I can't you understand the, the desire that you can get from seeing your parents and, and just watching them definitely will give you some kind of love for that uh, quest to acquire things through your own business and stuff like that. But did they, I know they pushed you a lot to, to, get, to get an education, to be good in schools. Did they ever try to like say, hey, you need to focus on your school. You don't need to work and stuff like that. Cause I know parents do that, right? When they mm. are working, want you, oh, you need to go get an education because that's the best thing you can do. And I don't want you to work right now. 
did you get that sense where they push you more to go get educated? We want you to to focus on that. Yeah. Um. So my parents never pushed education on me, post-secondary education on me. I mean, it's an expensive in, in endeavor, um, but it was something that I always wanted to do and something I always saw myself doing um, from a very young age. I've loved to write and I've been very interested in journalism. So once I was in high school, I was trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do next? I knew that I wanted to do something in journalism. And so what made sense for me at the time was going to school. Um, and getting my, my bachelor's in journalism. So school was nothing um, that my parents ever pushed on me. They just were very much so, um, they, they wanted to make sure that they invested in my interests and my interest was writing. And so they did whatever they needed to do to make sure that I was able to cultivate that talent. And for me, I chose to cultivate that talent um, through a, a four-year degree. And so um, my parents are very supportive. Whatever it is that, whatever dreams that I have, um, they help me figure out, they help me explore. They help me explore what's the best avenue, but they never pushed me in, in a certain direction um, when it pertained to the 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 desires that I had, like I always had my own desires. I didn't have my parents that had these dreams for me. And it was like, here, here's the dream that we have for you. Go, go achieve it. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's amazing. So what ignited uh, Towards Solutions? <sighs> what ignited Towards Solutions? To say, okay, this is now, I need to bring this to the world. It's gonna bring value to the world. Yeah, so again, when I graduated from UNC Chapel Hill back in 2014, I didn't have a job set up. And so I started free doing freelance work um, because I wanted to keep my res I wanted to build up my resume. So as I was applying for jobs, I could talk about the work that I was doing for clients. Um, so that gave me a lot of experience with working for myself and getting clients and managing clients. And then I got a full-time job. And for the past seven years, I've had a full-time job that has made it very difficult to like do anything else because I'm, I'm working. And um, at UT, I was working full-time and in school part-time. So once I, fin once I finished my degree in May, I had a lot of free time. <laughs> I was like, all right, so I, I got this free time. What am I going to do with it? And me and my husband, we had been talking for a minute about starting a company. Um, because I knew that what I envisioned for my for myself was to to work for myself at some point. Um, so once I finished my degree, it freed up my time to start really thinking about, OK, what is this company going to look like? Um, and then also after finishing my degree, I reevaluated my career as well because I got my degree in in education I got my master's of education and I was working in university communications doing social media but my my skill set is so much more vast than social media so I was trying to figure out okay how do I grow how do I expand from this social media title. I really want to do more writing. I want to do more public relations and media relations. And so I went back to what I knew, which was like freelancing. So I went back to when I was graduating from, um, from undergrad. 
So again, I'm in the situation where I just graduated. What am I going to do? How do I build up my skill set? Oh, freelance. Um, but this time, instead of just freelancing under my own name, I was like, let me create my company. So just me finishing my um, finishing my degree and then deciding that I wanted to do a career change, like get out of social media marketing, all of that contributed to me finally deciding that, you know what, I don't want to work for nobody anymore. And yeah. because how difficult it was to find something different that that aligned with what I wanted to do, I was like, I'll just create it for myself. So it was perfect timing with um with me finishing school and then also me wanting to do something different with my career. Both of those things aligned at a time where it made sense for me to chuck up the deuces to the nine to five and and activate my faith. <laughs> as well to 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 quit my job and and start my own thing that is smart that is smart instead of the the instead of people kind of hiring you they hiring your empire and the more they hire your empire the more your empire gonna grow that's right and it's funny because i was talking to a um this is my second interview that i've had today i was talking to um a reporter at the Houston Defender and I was she was asking me about my transition from working at UT to starting my own business and she was like because right now three out of three out of the five clients I have right now are like UT entities um and she was like oh so basically you went from working for UT to UT working for you and I was like I like the ring and I like how that sounds, but basically, yeah, I went from a full-time worker to being a contract worker. So I decide who I work for at UT versus just working for a very specific office at UT. Um, so that's been a, been a nice change. And I get to jump around the university and work in different pockets, which has been fun. That's amazing. What were some of the, some of the things that made you uh, nervous when you were trying to make that decision? Did you feel anything that were like, ah? Oh. I don't know how this is going to pan out. Like, what were some of the nerves? Okay, so Mama do like, the biggest thing was insurance. Insurance in this country is ridiculous. It's very expensive to, um, to have insurance if you're, like, purchasing it on your own. And as a state employee, which I was at UT, I was a, a state employee, like, the insurance is really good. And so that was one of the things that I was thinking about. It was like, wow, like, because my husband was on my insurance as well. So I, I really had to think about... Um, what I was going to do with insurance and how I was going to, how we were going to be able to afford that. Um, something else that we thought about was a steady income as well. Like UT was paying me very well. <laughs> and um, it was, it was a sense of security as well um, that I was, that I was in a sense, like letting go of that steady, that steady income. So insurance a steady income and then also it's just like in the back of my head responding to that 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 voice that's questioning whether or not I'm good enough are you good enough to have your own clients do people are people really going to pay you are is, is your skill set a value that people are going to recognize um so those were some things that I I questioned and that um, that were things that I had to really think about 
um, when I was making my decision of whether or not to leave my job. And then also another really big thing um, was just my commitments that I had at UT Austin, especially with Black Faculty Staff Association. I was supposed to be co-president this year of that organization. Um, And that organization was one of the reasons why I stayed at UT so long because I had built a community there and because I was doing such great work there with the black community I didn't want to leave them kind of like high and dry um, in the middle of of the year but at the end of the day I really had to um, ask myself what is best for me and what is best for my family and at the end of the day that was that was um, leaving UT Austin. Wow wow that's powerful that's that that's I can definitely sense that just getting <laughs> getting out of your stability. Once you, once you are stable, you have stream coming in. It's always like, I mean, first of all, once you decide to leave that and go out there, everybody that knows you usually, uh, some people are very supportive. But can you get, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, usually uh, people are always. Uh, man, that's that's not smart, right? <laughs> They're always trying to see. Oh, this is not smart. You shouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that until you succeed. Then everybody say, oh, yeah, I believed in you. <laughs> when I saw you, when I saw the name CEO in front of your name in LinkedIn, I'm like, finally, I knew I knew that was, <laughs> that was coming. I mean, you are very free spirited. You are. I feel like your enthusiasm is very captivating. And I feel like that's the that's the biggest thing to getting clients and people wanting to work with you because I feel like you are somebody who expects the best, right? It doesn't mean that you, it, it means that you are very optimistic, right? It's not just the, the glass is half full, it's more the glass is fully full, uh, half air, water, right? So I can't sense that in you. And I feel like with, with, your, with your mentality, people would like to do business with you, right? And uh, I definitely knew that it was coming in a way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. That Those are very kind words that I do not take lightly. Um, people have been very eager to, to work with me for various reasons. And as I hear you speak, um, I think about one of my clients who I was helping her with her personal brand. And she was like, you really helped me to, to recognize how amazing I am because sometimes people, people can be... Um, so modest, modest to the point where it's detrimental and they don't recognize the greatness that is within them. And one of the things I like um, about working with individuals and their brands is that I'm able to, to bring that greatness out of them and allow them to see it in a new light and with a new perspective. Um, and it really does make a difference in their life. And so I like the impact that my work um, is able to have directly on people's lives and helping them to build not only their personal brand, this person was their personal brand, but also businesses as well um, to be an integral part of that. The work that I'm doing through Two Word Solutions, that is what, um, that is what makes it all worthwhile. Um, and why I love the work that I do is the impact that I'm able to have. Definitely. Well, I'm about to reach out to you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you soon. But talk more about uh, Two Word Solutions and the mission of it and what, what you think should is the vision in the next uh, few years. 
Yeah, um, so two word solutions. I'll start with the name because that has a lot to do. It'll reveal like how how it came about. Um, but my last name is my last name is Crossboard. I kept my maiden name and added my husband's last name on there, but there's two of us. There's two words. And so we took two words um, and we are really focused on helping people move towards solutions. Um, and so my focus is helping people find solutions for any communications challenge that they have. Um, so if you are struggling to tell the story of your business or tell your own story, Two Word Solutions can, will come listen to what the problem is and find a solution that fits specifically for your brand, for your business. And so I'm all about finding solutions for communications problems. And then my husband, he's focused on the business side, business development and business planning. Um, and so as organizations are in a growth period or as they are, are changing or switching gears, um, he consults on the best way to go about whatever your goal is finding solutions to help you reach that. Um, so we are a very solutions oriented um, company and we take our, our areas of expertise and help people find solutions to the problems that they are having or find solutions, not necessarily always a problem, but maybe, okay, here's a goal that we wanna reach. How, what do we need to do to get to that goal from a communication standpoint or a business planning standpoint? And so that is what we focus on um, as a business we are we are still developing our identity i would say i mean i start we started this in august so we what is that august two months in two three months in right now um and so i've been going back and forth and maybe you can help me with this i don't know i'm going back and forth between calling us a consulting practice or a or just a practice because we do implementation stuff as well um i've played around with the word firm so i'm just trying to figure out if i want to call ourselves a company a consultation a practice or a firm i don't know yeah definitely so you are in austin austin is one of the most vibrant cities uh in the united states becoming one of the most vibrant cities in the united states it is ranked number one in terms of women entrepreneurship. What do you feel like is the space looking like for, uh, for entrepreneurship? Like, do you feel like there's space for you uh, in Austin? Has, are, there been, ha, are there resources out there that really attend to your need to help you develop as an entrepreneur? So I did not know that stat. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, but I'm not surprised at all that Austin is like the number one city for female entrepreneurs. And um, as far as like resources that are available, um, I'm still learning what those are because I'm, I'm new to the CEO space and this co-founder space. So I'm still getting connected to those opportunities. But I do know that I have a lot of people in my network who have their own companies and who are running their own businesses. Um, so they have shared. Um, I, I know that there are a lot of us out there and there are opportunities. I just haven't tapped into those yet. But that is on my to do list to get connected to those types of opportunities for sure. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Austin is definitely getting up there, and, and I feel like it's the best place to be as an entrepreneur, especially for uh, uh, the business marketing and tech space. I feel like those are to be. So there's gonna be a lot of opportunities coming to you. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, it, it is a, like Austin is growing so much and there's so many, not only are there so many companies and businesses moving here, but as you alluded to with your stat, like a lot of people are starting their businesses, which is great for me because it's like everybody needs communications and they need to figure out how to communicate about their new business. So I'm in a great space because, um, as you, as you mentioned earlier, like I can work with any industry and my clients span across industries as well. And so I really did hit a, hit a sweet spot with what my skill set is as far as communications is concerned. And um, Austin, we also was supposed to be like a, a, a stop, a, a stop on, on in life, but it's yeah. actually become um, a place where we're going to put down roots. So we bought a house um, last year. Uh-huh. Wow, tomorrow, tomorrow will be one year in our new home. So that's exciting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we put down roots here in Austin because we recognize how, how much is growing and we recognize the opportunity that is here. And it's like, there, there's a lot to, to build here. Um, so we're going to be here for the long run. Amazing. Another thing is the fact that you are working with your husband is even more amazing. You guys gonna have vacation at the same time. Working is like just easy. No, no time. You don't need time. You just work as you need to and vacation. That's amazing. How how has been the dynamic? Uh, you two working together in this new opportunity? Yeah. Um. <laughs> So somebody had asked me this question a few weeks ago and I struggled to answer the question at first. So I've had practice with this question, which I'm grateful for. Um, How has it been working with my husband? It is, um, it's been an adjustment, I would say. Um, And it's been an adjustment because I'm so used to having work separated from my personal life. Um, but now that we work together, like there are new boundaries that we have to set, I would say, um, because we could be at dinner and he just starts talking about business. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. I'm trying to eat dinner. We can, you can, we can put a meeting on a calendar so we can talk about this. But um, so yeah, it, it's easy to have the, the work and the business blend into the, the personal life and our relationship as well. Um, and so we're learning how to set those, those boundaries so that we can make sure that we keep those things um, separate in a sense. Um, I have learned a lot about him, I would say. You know, like a lot of times couples, they'll go off and do their work and then um, they'll come back home and you only get to spend like, what, maybe five or six hours with your significant other after they've been working for eight hours. Um, and so that's one of the things, also like COVID helped with this too, like because both of us are working from home now. So I got to see him in his element of his his company. He, he runs his own nonprofit that he has as well. So I got to see a different side of him, um, the business side. And, and I got to utilize his skill set, the skill sets that he has um, in a different way than him just being my husband. But now he's also my business partner and so I get I I would say I get about three three fourths of him versus half of him now because of the fact that we have a, a whole company together that's amazing that's amazing man Israel you are thank you so much for the time again and uh I really really love the idea of the company I really think that Austin is the best place for for you to to really develop it to the kind to its full potential basically 
and your free spirit and how hard you work i really feel like it's it's going to be a a fun journey for you i'm excited to see yeah most definitely <laughs> yeah what are some uh, what's your i know you have twitter do you have instagram also uh, some of your uh, where you are in terms of social media so people can follow you and stuff like that yeah um so the places that people can follow me on are twitter twitter is my favorite platform so uh you can find me on twitter at desiree cross ward um my name is spelled very uniquely i am the only desiree that i've ever found to spell my name this way so if you type in desiree d-e-s-e-r-e i will pop up and i'm the only one that will pop up and my last name is crossword two last names not one night hyphenated two last names um so yeah i'm desiree crossword on twitter and then the same on linkedin as well those are my two platforms um that that i am very active on and yeah you can find me there and if you're not on social media because i know some people are not there um you could you can email me too if you want to follow up on anything that i talked about today or um Yeah, if you want to follow up on anything I talked about today, my email address is dscross54 at gmail.com. And if you want to work with Two Words Solutions, Two Words Solutions is not on, on, on social media yet, but we do have an email address. Um, it's Two Words Solutions at gmail.com. And Two Words is spelled uh, T-W-O-W-A-R-D-S. So Two Words Solutions. That's amazing. Do you have a website? So I am currently working on our website. Uh, it is not public yet, but the design is complete. I am waiting on um, my husband to review it with him and get his okay on it. Um, and I've got to get our bio up there, but it is not available yet, but it is on the horizon. It is in the works. Definitely. And maybe by the time I release this thing, it, it's available. What, what would be the name? Um, if it's available, twowarsolutions.com. Okay, that's yeah. you. Perfect. I feel like it's very hard to come up to, to get the name exactly that you that you want because people. Yeah, that's very true. Like, even when I Googled it, there's a there's some towards solutions, like towards spelled, like towards the spell, but not the way that we're spelling it um is very unique so yeah i i think that it's going to be available when it, when we purchase the domain that's amazing that's amazing well thank you so much for the time again and uh i'm really rooting for you and we'll definitely gonna be staying in contact because you are doing some stuff Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm rooting for you as well. Um, I really do admire you as an individual and I love that you've kept up this podcast. It's so inspiring. So thank you, Mama Do, for the energy that you put into um, speaking to individuals and pulling their stories out. It's so inspiring. So keep up the great work that you're doing, um, inspiring people to do anything that they want to be and become anything that they want to be. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way, share it with a friend, family, or loved one. Before you leave, make sure to subscribe for more.